Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Nashville, it's time for Nashville Business Radio. Now, here's your host. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Nashville Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and uh, folks, this is going to be a great one, a timely show as we welcome Reen Baskin. Reen is the uh, a principal with Baskin Strategies. Reen, welcome. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for being with us. So let's talk a little bit about you and Baskin Strategies. How are you serving folks out there? All right. Well, I'm uh, Reen Baskin, principal with Baskin Strategies, and we service um, private sector companies, public sector companies, really through creating um, workplace flexibility, which is so timely in today's world. And then we also um, really give square footage needs recommendations based on that flexibility plan. So we can help you know how much square footage you need to lease, know what you need in your building, uh, know what you need to build really through looking at uh, how your employees should be working best. Can't think of a more timely topic um, <laughs> the, the, than that one. So, but obviously you started your business prior to the pandemic, prior before we kn- knew what was going right. to hit us, any of us. Um, talk about kind of the the reason for starting your business and then how you've morphed into the pandemic and the needs that the pandemic has created for your clients. Yes. Well, I'll start by um, saying, you know, Tennessee as a state uh, was really ahead of the game in this. And so I'm really proud of what uh, Tennessee state government was able to do, but I served um, as the first director of alternative workplace solutions at the state of Tennessee and created a program um, we called it AWS, Alternative Workplace Solutions, that went into each department at the state, looked at how people worked. So really, we went in and said, okay, this position is more traditional, so they need an office and an office space. This tra- this position, like a dot worker, is a mobile position, and this position is a more, um, could potentially work from home, which was kind of groundbreaking years ago, going in and saying, well, this position can work from home or this case manager in DHS is really a mobile worker. And there were just so many benefits to doing that. It brought kind of flexibility um, to, to the state government workforce for the very first time. And when allowing them and putting everything in place um, where they could work in a different kind of non-traditional, if you will, way, it allowed us to reassess the real estate and to say, you know, we've got 2,000 case managers in the Department of Human Services that best serve the citizens of Tennessee by being out in um, the communities. You know, that's where they work best, but we don't necessarily have to have 2,000 individual desks sitting there for them. That's wasted space, essentially, if they're outside. And so, We were able to create a methodology and create a plan to really reduce that square footage need by allowing people to this crazy concept of sharing desk, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, sharing space. And we were able to have this really great success by reducing that square footage need. So that's how we got our start was at the state of Tennessee. 
Um, it became wildly popular. Now, keep in mind, we put all the necessary things in place. We had policy, we had training, um, we had productivity measures. And by using that, we were able to, uh, when I left the administration, move forward with my own company, knowing that those things needed to exist, put those in place. And uh, here we are today at Baskin Strategies, helping um, both private sector companies and still still some some publicly held company or public companies, and uh, and we've just we've just loved every minute of it. So it's been a really fun ride. You know, you you mentioned something there. I want to come back to, and that's productivity measures because that's right. a, that's a controversial question right now. Um, but let, let's talk about let's move forward. In the pandemic arrives, and uh, right. <laughs> and uh, it's it's almost like that was a, a, something that was served up on a silver platter in a way for you, right? And well, you know, you would you yes and no. Uh huh. I've heard I've heard two things from CEOs. <clears throat> Most companies were not as fully prepared as they would have liked to have been when everyone went home for the pandemic, right? So I've heard two things. One, Reen, you said people could work from home. This has been awful. This has been terrible. People cannot work from home. Um, And then I've also heard, wow, oh my gosh, you were so right. My employees are so much more productive at home and things have gone really, really well. And you know, what I tell them is that It depends on a couple of things. One is, um, what did you have in place before you went home? Were you technology? Did you have the technology ready? Did you have the policies ready to protect confidential information? There's a lot that goes into that prep. But, you know, um, the other thing I say is, what's your mission and vision and what kind of business are you really in? Some businesses and job functions are meant to work. Um, more heads down focused in a work from home environment. And some, some were not, you know, some are more collaborative and thinking and brain trust or those serving citizens. And so, um, yes, it was served up on a silver platter to some extent, but, you know, it really depends on the type of company and, and that individual um, companies, the way that they, they serve, they serve people. And so how specifically, did your business change in the pandemic? I mean, uh, because yeah, I mean, all clients are different and, and each one right. of them has their, has, have their own issues that you, you have to deal with. But what about you? I mean, how, how did, how did you rethink your business? Well, that's a, that's a great question. And we talk a lot about that at Baskin Strategies. What, what should we be doing differently now? And Honestly, um, if anything, it solidified the methodology that we use when looking at workforce flexibility, even more now than it did before. We have always said that workforce flexibility is based on the job function being performed. And I would say that is true more now than ever. The other thing we've also preached is a hybrid work model. And so now I'm reading all these articles saying everyone should move to a hybrid work model. And I'm thinking, genius. <laughs> so I would say that the pandemic, while a lot of people have struggled during this time, it it really has led me to have a lot of different stories to hear from and look at and, and to really say what we're doing is the right thing. Um, 
not all companies are meant to be 100% remote and not all companies have to be traditional. And there is a great way to assess employees, job functions, their position, the service they're providing and come up with that hybrid model. And, and we really still believe in that. Now you mentioned um, coming back to that question of productivity. I mean, you mentioned mm-hmm. that your experience at the state of Tennessee, you had productivity measures, you know, I'm curious about what, and that was before the pandemic. So, so that was a different time and, and probably a good time to now in retrospect to look at productivity, right? Uh, because right. You, you, you know, your lens wasn't colored at that point one way or the other, um, by the pandemic. So what did you, what are you able to share maybe some of the, uh, learnings that you received on productivity of a hybrid model or work at home model? Um, well, I think what I would tell all the CEOs, CFOs, all the leaders of employees out there is that um, the right thing needs to be measured when measuring productivity, put in the most simple forms. I um, will talk to employees today that will say, man, I have been so busy all day, every day working from home. I just stay busy. Well, there are different ways to stay busy. I can check my emails all day long and somehow my inbox never gets cleared out. But what's really important to measure um, are the outcomes of what that employee needs to be producing. And, you know, that's a really tricky thing to do. And um, it takes time. It takes focus. It takes efforts. But um, I did talk to a, C- a CEO recently and he said, you know, Rain, I think my employees are more productive. And I said that, oh, my goodness, that is great. You know, how do you know? And he was like, well, they're telling me. And I was like, well, that's great. <laughs> but um, but those productivity measures do need to be put in place because that really tells a company um, how much productivity is being done and is it being done in the right areas and and like I said it's a it's a tricky thing to do but it is so it is so so worth it so do you think uh, companies really know where whether their employees are more productive or not or are they just guessing I mean this is one of these things again you weren't is it just anecdotal I mean you, you really weren't prepared for the shutdown. So therefore you really weren't prepared to measure productivity in a shutdown, right? Right. You know, some, some companies do, some companies don't. And part of the service that we're providing right now is going into companies right now, helping them determine who should come back into the office, who could continue to work from home and putting those productivity measures in place. Um, There are also a lot of tools out there right now And um, I won't be specific with any, but there are some online tools right now that help measure productivity and are and are very great and very useful. Um, It just uh, depends on the type of, uh, you know, function being performed by the employee. And I would imagine, Reen, that not everything that can be measured is a good measure. Um, That's right. right? <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, I'm just, I think for example of, um, the time someone's logged in, I mean, that has not, that has nothing to do with outcomes and work, right. In terms of the, their, the, the amount of work that they do. 
and the outcomes that they deliver for an internal group they work for or the customer or what have you. That's a, that's a great example. I'll talk about myself as a consultant. Um, we, you know, we recently spoke with another consulting group to try to help them look at their productivity measures and, you know, they consult in a different area. And one of the things that, um, one of the, a great example is, you know, I can talk to someone and bill for my time for an hour. You know, I can have a great conversation with someone, but I think what I really want to measure is, did I provide value to the person that I was talking to? Mm -hmm. Did I help them come up with a solution? And so you really have to shift your mindset to looking at the outcome and what it is exactly that you want to be measuring. Um, You gave a great example with being on the computer time. I, I really, really encourage people not to measure productivity by when the green light is on and when they can see those employees, but to measure productivity by the reports that they've written during that time, by the calls um, that they've taken during that time, by the, the things that they've actually done during that time that add value to the organization and really add value against the mission and the vision. If someone is on the computer, we all know it doesn't mean they're necessarily working. I could be shopping right now while I'm talking to you and, and you might not know because just because my screen's up doesn't mean I'm, I'm necessarily working hard. So continue to focus on those outcomes and, um, and, and create some stretch goals, you know, um, allow people to be creative. And I also tell my managers, guys, do not micromanage. The goal here is not for an employee that's working from home to record every second of the day of what they're doing, the goal is for them to produce a really great work product um, that they can be really proud of and for the organization. So you've hired great people, set those productivity measures in place and let them go to work. Well, and supposedly that was the goal to begin with, even before, right? right? Uh, Having a great work product, right? It it, It is still true. I mean, that is still the goal. You're just... Um, I think a lot of people struggled, especially in the beginning with um, they had managed to cite for so long by knowing that someone was coming in and sitting at a desk. And so they had to shift their mentality to um, measuring. I used to say all the time at the state of Tennessee, um, work is what you do. It's not where you are. And that was pre-pandemic. And I say it all the time now, work is what you do, not where you are, but Unfortunately, when the pandemic hit, there were still people that managed by employees coming to sit down. And because they were there in the office space, they considered that working. Mm. Folks, Reen Baskin is with us. She's with Baskin Strategies. Uh, Okay, so let's pull out the crystal ball. And (laughs) and uh, because your your yours is clearer than everyone else's for sure, because you're in the space and you do great work here. What's the future? Yeah. What's the future of remote work look like now that we've been through this period of, of intense learning? Well, I got to say, um, I think remote work is here to stay. Um, I think that there are a couple of things I want to talk about that are really important to know if remote work should continue to stay, but, um, what we know now is that there are all kinds of surveys coming out saying employees want to continue working remotely and have enjoyed this flexibility and the balance of family life and 
Um, and, and here in Nashville, guys, I mean, haven't we enjoyed not having this commute every day into <laughs> Nashville? It has been a wonderful, wonderful thing. So I, I think remote work is here to say I would really encourage companies as a part of this to evaluate the job function being performed to determine if it's the right thing for a company to continue with. I used to, um, when I first started this, I would always inevitably have greeters of an organization that wanted to work from home. And I would say, well, you know, your job is to greet the people that come in, unfortunately. And then I would have on the flip side, um, some employees doing heads down focus work that didn't want to talk to anyone or be disturbed or have anyone walk in their office all day, but they would tell me they needed a giant office that they just needed to keep the door closed. So I would encourage everyone to look at those job functions. Um, and, and, and it is here to stay. And I think that if you don't look at it or adjust it, I think that recruitment and retention is going to become a problem because so many companies are willing to continue with some hybrid work model of workforce flexibility. Well, so let's talk, let's get to that CEO that um, will use that cliche term. They're old school that, right. and, and <laughs> they need, they need a little uh, convincing uh, to get over the, the belief that every employee needs to be there eight to five sitting behind a desk. What, right. well, what, what do you, how, how do you counsel that CEO? Well, I, I would tell them exactly what I just mentioned to you. Recruitment and retention is going to be a problem. I, I would really throw in that um, increased productivity um, is a thing. We, you and I just spent some time talking about that. And so, you know, making sure you have that in place. But, you know, if I was talking to a CFO specifically, I would say, hey, listen, significant cost savings can come about from adopting and continuing with a hybrid work model. Um, Every person in an organization does not have to have a desk, especially when they're not working in the office, a um, certain percentage of the week or amount of the week. And there's some really great cultural benefits to creating more modernized shared spaces where people can collaborate more efficiently and more effectively. So I would tell that CEO to um, let me school them for about a half a day and we'd, we'd come to a a better resolution about what their workforce could look like going forward. Is is part of that just resistance to change? That's a human factor. I mean, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I took a, um, a, a long time ago, I took a CEO for a walk down the hallway and, uh, he said to me, you know, Reen, I hear what you're saying, but I just don't think people, um, you know, I know they're working when they're here and I just don't think people will work from home. You know, I just, and I said, come here, let's walk down the hallway. And we walked past every single office and I said, I want you to tell me who's working right now and who's not. And it, it's a very, it's a very true thing that just because someone is sitting at a desk and maybe that's the way you've always seen it or always known it to be or people coming in doesn't mean they're working or doesn't mean they're collaborating or getting things done to the benefit of the organization. And so, um, I, you know, I would just say that um, that people can work in a really get great way in all kinds of different way of working. It just depends on the job function, the job there 
they're trying to perform. I know I sound like a broken record, but it's so in my time doing this, I've just seen some, uh, just a variety of different ways that people work, you know, so it's, it's interesting for sure. Well, and it strikes me, Reen, that, that someone that has a command and control kind of mentality, right? Cause mm-hmm. that's kind of what we're talking about. Let's, let's be, right. let's be clear about this. Um, is suddenly worried about collaboration. I mean, <laughs> that, that strikes me as a little, um, contradictory, right? <laughs> sure. Sure. I'm, it can be. And, um, and it, it takes all types to make the world go round, I guess. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so let's talk to those companies that are looking at, they want to implement a successful remote work program. You know, mm-hmm. what, what are the two or three things they need to be thinking about? Well, let me, let me give you some. One is, um, do that position analysis. I, I would encourage them to go through their positions, determine how each person or each position needs to be working before you make a decision of who's in the office and who's not. I've seen some companies say, well, we're going to bring 50% back in. Well, it may not be the right 50% that actually needs to be back in, or we're just, we're going to let people choose. Well, you know, choice for an employee is a really great thing and a great benefit, but personalities don't always align with how a job needs to be performed. So I would encourage them to really look at that job function first against the mission and vision of what the, what the company is looking to do. Secondly, make sure there are some strategies in place to continue company culture. Um, A few CEOs I've talked to recently have said, I'm just really worried about our culture and what the future holds. And, you know, they should be because a person can get to feeling really disconnected if they're not around people, not around their colleagues. They get very siloed if they're only talking to specific people every single day. They don't bump into others. So um, put some really great strategies in place to continue that culture virtually. And there are certainly some ways to do that. Um, I spoke about those performance measures, but just really make sure they're in place because an employee asked me recently, you know, Reen, am I going to get promoted if I stay working from home? And so you want them to know that, sure, you can be promoted just like everyone else. If we're basing it off of the job performance and the, the function being performed, doesn't mean you have to be in the office. And then I'm going to give you four here because I can't preach this one enough. Open and honest communication. Um, We have got to continue to communicate and communicate even more than you did before the pandemic. Communicate more often, help people to feel a part of the company. And, um, and, and then it'll, you know, you can have a really successful remote work program that way. Reen Baskin is with us folks, and she is uh, a principal with Baskin Strategies. Um, so I think you've covered a little bit of this, Reen, but yeah. uh, m- mistakes that you see businesses making as they come back to the office. You know, one is, um, oh, I don't know if it's a mistake necessarily, but, you know, some people are just acting like they're so excited, right, to just get things back to normal. They're like, let's all get back in here nine to five. I can't wait to be normal again. Um, and, and my thought on that is just that 
Um, this is the perfect opportunity to think about things a little differently because I'm just not sure that the the old normal is the same as the new normal. Um, I keep seeing it written that way. So I would create that plan for sustainability. I think everybody needs to do that right now. This is not the time to close our ears and think, well, that's never going to happen again. It could be something totally different. It could be a, a building office fire at night, you know, where no one can show up the next day in the building. So take this time right now to create that plan for sustainability, to get that policy in place, to get that training done, you know, train the employees on best practices of the different ways to work and to get that workforce analysis really done so that you know who needs to be in and who's not. And then, you know, I also think, because I'm speaking to the national audience, guys, our real estate is hot right now. Everybody knows it. It's it's talked about so frequently. Um, use this time to adjust your real estate accordingly. Um, you can create a hybrid model and reduce your real estate needs by allowing your office space to be set up a, a different way. And there's so many ways to do that and so many ways that we can function and create that culture in a more collaborative manner and enjoy being in the office space when we are in and then doing heads down focus work at home. So, you know, if you've got some excess space, then and then I would say now's the time. Now's the time to sell it. And uh, and benefit from it. Or, and on the flip side, you know, I had a, a CFO that came to me and said, Reen, I've got a department on the third floor that's telling me, you know, they need more office space. They need more um, space to move into. They're hiring some hiring some new people. And so when I really went in to analyze it, I realized that the group he was talking about was a um, essentially a call center. So they were had signs up everywhere that said, please don't talk. We're all really spaced out. Um, don't bother us. Don't tap us on the shoulder. And so what we ultimately ended up doing was migrating those individuals to work from home, allowing them to stay at home, coming in for you know a certain amount of time, obviously, but working from home the majority of the time. And so instead of getting new lease space and new square footage, we were actually able to transition those two floors into a different type of space to be be used by others. So there's a lot of great things that you can focus on right now. I'm not sure that the that the old normal is going to come back the way we want it to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, Reen, let's talk a little bit about the types of clients you work with. Um, right. What you know that what makes uh, a client a good fit for you. Um, and how clients find you? Well, you know, we, um, uh, my heart wants to help everyone and, and talk to everyone. Um, we still do serve the public sector, municipalities, some state organizations. And, um, and you know, those have, those kind of public entities have just numerous types of organizations, departments within within them. So that's really fun. Um, the private sector here in Nashville is just a really great fit for us. And, and those kind of organizations that have a variety of businesses. Now, there are some that we, we don't serve um, schools. Um, you know, we don't you teachers, teachers, you know, be with their students and, mm -hmm. and do things virtually and and also um, hospital type organizations, because that is a very different type of service industry 
then how we go in and look at look at positions. And um, so we love this um, this Nashville community. And there's so many great organizations. And I'll tell you, I run across a new one every day that I just am thrilled that we are thriving in the way we're thriving here in Nashville. And, uh, and you can reach us on our website. It's BaskinStrategies.com. Also on LinkedIn is a great way to reach myself and my team, Reen Baskin. And we um, and we'd be happy to talk to you. We'd be happy to speak with you. Well, before we let you go, I'd love it, Reen, if you could share maybe a success story, uh, 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 someone you've worked with that you're particularly proud of. That's either pre or post pandemic or both. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm I'm proud of so, so much that we've done and, and we've done it in such an interesting time. And like you mentioned, we never dreamed of how our how our life would um, transition into this business. But I'll give you one actually before the business started, when I was serving at the state of Tennessee, I, I have to admit, I'm just really, really proud of our state government, um, even though I'm not there anymore and the, and the wonderful things they did, because Tennessee was really a leader to all states in doing this program. And we um, and we are continuing to set the bar. I get calls from other states even now that um, that say, you know, um, how did Tennessee do that? And with within that were multiple organizations. And so I'm really proud of that. But a success story recently is I won't name the organization, but, you know, it's as simple as this. A private company out of Maryland Farms called and said, okay, we know everyone need, doesn't need to come back in here. What do we need? What do we need to do? And we were really able to just go in there, you know, work with them, work with their leadership on who should stay at home, who should come in. They were able to set up just a really great policy that they're probably wishing they had during the pandemic, but it's never too late. They set up a really great policy um, and that was sustainable for their employees for the long term. And the sales group adopted it and those employees out on the road adopted it. And then we trained their employees in how to work from home. And you may think, well, that's silly. That's not a success story. Everybody's been working at home for a year, but you would be surprised at how people can develop bad habits. So we almost reset everyone by going through best practices and um, and looking at the ways people need to be working. And then they they are getting ready actually to adjust their real estate accordingly. So that's a real all around win for us when a company creates a sustainable plan to adopt worse workforce flexibility, right? For the long term, and then can look at their real estate and adjust it to be a cost saver to the organization so that more money can go towards the services they offer, employee raises, employee incentives, whatever that is. I mean, that's just a real, real win for us. That's awesome. Uh, what great work you've been doing. Uh, and we want to get to the most important question, which is others that you, that, uh, want you to do that great work for them. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's tell them how they can be in touch with you. And just remind them of how uh, you mentioned the website and what have you, but let's just do that again. Right. Let's go to the website. It's Baskin, B-A-S-K-I-N strategies with an I-E-S on the end.com. And on there, we have a contact us page and it takes you um, to our email address. Or you can also email me directly, Reen Baskin at BaskinStrategies.com. And I'm, 
I'm so happy to speak to anyone. Just, um, you know, even if you're not sure what your needs are right now, I can tell you what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing and, and hopefully that'll be of some help. So. Terrific. Uh, great work from Reen Baskin at Baskin Strategies. Reen, this has been terrific. Thanks so much for being with us. And thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And I hope you, and I hope you have a great day. Thank you. <laughs> Folks, just a uh, quick reminder and request. Uh, you can find the show on all the major podcast apps. Nashville Business Radio is the search term. So we're on all of them. So check us out. Uh, and here's the ask. Uh, please go and subscribe to the show. Sure. But give us a five-star review. Now that may seem bold for me to ask for that, but I'm not asking for me. I'm not asking for business radio X. I'm asking for our great guests who do great work and they deserve to have their work be found, uh, particularly by folks that are looking for them. So, uh, you'll be helping Reen and all the other guests that we have had and will have on the show, um, in, in their work and to help them be found. So if you could do that for us, we'd greatly appreciate it. So for my guest, Reen Baskin, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on Nashville Business Radio. 